So we begin this uh, uh, sermon series here, continuing it. Uh, last week we saw and unpacked a little bit of, of, of all the benefits of gratefulness and gratitude. We talked about uh, in the introduction there, uh, uh, in the social sciences, over the last 20 years, they've been really deeply focused in, in unpacking what's so powerful about gratitude and thankfulness and, and seeing its significant ramifications in our physical well-being, in our emotional well-being, in our relational well-being. And it's not just be, for some arbitrary reason that thankfulness is so powerful. It's because thankfulness, it aligns us with our design, with our design as Created beings. We're dependent on something else, on someone else who is working for our good. And when we are in line with that created design, we experience those blessings of that relationship with God. Gratefulness aligns us with God and his work in this broken, sinful world. Today's text, I'm going to be walking through Psalm 107. If you want to turn there in your Bibles or Bible apps... And today's message is going to be a little bit different than a typical sermon that you might receive from me. This, this passage or this psalm is kind of broken down into different uh, stanzas or verses, if you will, like uh, 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 some of the songs that we sing. And I'm going to take them one stanza at a time. And we're going to break down each of these different stanzas as they reveal different reasons or situations that we might be in and and in order for us to respond in giving thanks to God and how he's worked. I'm just going to go so I'm going to go through each stanza. I'm going to unpack that and then we're going to pause. We're going to pause in response to that particular passage about that situation in life to for you to privately to silently to give thanks. If you if you brought uh, uh, your journal or your notes with you, this would be a great time to write down some of those things that God stirs up in your heart of the ways that he has worked in your lives. After the sermon, as uh, uh, I sent out an email to the congregation, uh, inviting you all to prepare that we're going to do an open mic time. That's always dangerous, right? Reverend's roast. It might be a, might be a little, little roasty toasty. Okay, keep it focused on thankfulness to the Lord, okay? Um, but I, I, again, just want you to just prayerfully consider ways that God is working, has worked in your life, and you would like to express thanks to, to him. This past week here, um, I had the privilege of meeting with one of our seniors who, who is uh, uh, homebound, Lee Jansen. Uh, if, you're, if you're newer to Grace, uh, she's been uh, uh, unable to make it to our worship services for several years now. So many of you may not even know who Lee is. Uh, but she's one of our, our faithful. And one of the things I, I, I particularly appreciate about Lee is no matter what she's going through, she's always giving thanks. This is just a characteristic of, of who she is and, and her life. And just talking with her and sitting down with her. She's isolated. She has all kinds of reasons to be ungrateful. She has all kinds of reasons to complain about what she doesn't have and how she's alone and nobody comes to visit her and and all her friends are dying. It's kind of dreary. Her aches and pains, she has less mobility. Again, there's many reasons for her 
to complain and focus on the negative. But she said, every day, Scott, I intentionally, I start my day singing blue skies. Every day, I sing blue skies, smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Bluebirds singing a song. Nothing but bluebirds all day long. Never saw the sun shining so bright. Never saw things going so right. Noticing the days hurrying by. When you're in love, my, how they fly. And she said, now I know, Scott, that's not a Christian song. But this I sing every day to turn my mind to the Lord. Because it's not always blue skies that I see. But it's always blue skies behind those great clouds. They're always there. I always have reason to give thanks. And I just sat in that. Like, wow, that's so powerful. That's a practice that she does every day to stir her heart, to, to, to shape her perspective. You know, oftentimes we're waiting for things to change in order to be grateful, right? We're waiting for, for us to change. We're waiting, Lord, I, I want to feel grateful before I am grateful, right? Get me out of the darkness. Get me out of the pain. Change things and then I will be. This quote from Habib Akande, he says, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm thankful for not being where I used to be. In our psalm today, we're going to unpack Psalm 107. It's a psalm of looking back. There's something powerful in terms of gratefulness of looking back in order for us to begin to see our moment, our current circumstances, differently and through God's eyes, through possibility and through hope. Looking back and being thankful and seeing God has worked in these different aspects and scenarios and circumstances of my life in me. And by looking back and being thankful, it gives us hope for the present. Join with me in prayer. And then we're going to jump into Psalm 107. Holy Spirit, open our hearts. We don't come here to this time to just have our intellect or our ears tickled, to be inspired, to be moved for a moment, and then just go on about our lives. You've given us your word and your truth to, to change us. You said we won't be conformed to this world by being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And, and, and so, Lord, we pray for that. Pray, Spirit, meet us in this moment and change our trajectory. Fill us with thanksgiving. In your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 107. We're going to begin with verses 1 through 9. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands and from the east and from the west and from the north and the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty 
Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. For his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry, the hungry soul he fills with good things. So in this first stanza here, so the psalmist here sets the context, speaking to this is a psalm of thanksgiving. We're giving thanks to the Lord, and specifically he names, let the redeemed say so. Now, this psalm. In all of the different stanzas are talking about the nation of Israel when they were coming back to Israel. They'd been taken out of prisoners of war, taken away from their nation, stripped of their identity and their freedom. And taken into another land, Babylon, Persia. And this is about the time when they were talking about the time when they were set free from captivity and coming home. From all over, in all different directions. As one uh, a scholar notes, that in each of these episodes, it talks about different people in different circumstances and situations of life. And, and it's not intended to just, just be isolated on the experience of Israel, but these circumstances are meant to be identified with all people at all time in all situations. So we, in our in our 21st century life and experiences can relate with each of these stanzas. In the first one, he's talking about the needs of the people as they're wandering back home from a position of being lost. They're hungry physically. They're hungry for hope. Emotionally. Existentially. As they wander back in a lost place, they have no home. They have no security. They cry out to the Lord. And He leads them to a place to dwell. He leads them to a place of security. He leads them to a place of being satisfied. You see that in verse 9. He met their needs. Of course, as they were wandering along, there was great uncertainty. Because, because they didn't have food at times. Because they, they didn't have the assurance, are we going to be safe? Are we going to make it? You know what it's like to be in those places of uncertainty in those times. Where we have needs and we don't know how we're going to get through. and How the Lord's going to provide. And oftentimes, isn't our cry in these times, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you providing now? Right? We get impatient. We get frustrated and upset because it's not happening on our own time. Or it doesn't come in the way, in the form that we, that we expected it. But as you look back, you consider, can you see when the Lord was provided for you? Whether it was in terms of financial needs and you, you literally didn't know when the next meal was going to come. Or you had bills that you had to pay. And God provided. Maybe you got behind. Maybe things got into a hole even. And it got darker than you would have liked. But God still provided. 
There was insecurity and uncertainty. Now, now in this moment, some of you might be tempted to look at now, and, but, but what about now? And, 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 and listen, your vision and your ability to see and understand God working now it, it is going to come. Be patient with that. This practice is, 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 is looking back to when he has worked. And as we, as we go there and as we identify and express gratefulness for how he has worked, your faith is going to be strengthened in your moment, whatever it may be. How have you seen the Lord provide? Maybe it's been for your business. Maybe it's been at work. We provided just the right people in the right place at the right time. The right encouragement. How have you seen the Lord provide? Emotionally, where he gave you the security and the hope. And it was the right word. The right message. That planted, that helped turn your attention and your focus. I want you to take a moment here. As he says, let them thank the Lord. For his steadfast love. And for his wondrous works. I want you to take a moment here. Just take a minute. Whether you're writing these things down. Silently praying to the Lord. But bringing it back to the Father. We talked about the importance of of not just expressing. I'm thankful for. But turning that back to the Father. Because this is intended to be relational. Lord thank you for. Thank you for that time. When that bill got paid. Thank you, Lord, for putting that person in my life that I needed to encourage me at the right time. Thank you for your truth that came to give me hope. We're going to take a minute here silently. And I want you to just identify specifically those times, those situations, those people. And to give thanks to the Lord. Take a moment here. Lord, we thank you for how you've shown up in our lives, the, the ways that you answered prayer. And oftentimes, Lord, we don't, we don't return it back in praise. We pray for things we receive, you, you provide, and then we just move on. But God, thank you. Lord, some of us may be in a place of abundance now. We thank you. For that steady provision, that predictability that we have. What, what a gift to have predictable f- forms and sources of income and wealth. Lord God, thank you for the ability to be generous and meet others' needs. Thank you. Thank you, for the, Father, for the relationships and the people you've put in our lives. Thank you for your timing. Thank you. In your name, Jesus. Amen.
Let's turn to verses 10 here through 16. Some sat in darkness and the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down in the hard labor, and they fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shattered the doors of bronze and he cuts into the bars of iron. The imagery of of this situation, the, the particular circumstances is talking about the darkness of being in bondage. The darkness of being in captivity and, 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 and under the, uh, the, the oppression of whether it's, it's external situation and circumstances or that oppression, that darkness may come from internal sources. Maybe mental health struggles. The initial context here, because Israel, because the nation of Israel had continued to rebel against God in turn and, and repeatedly turned to their own way. We want to worship who we want, how we want. We want to be in control of our lives. And God gave them over. He warned them many times. And he gave them over to exactly what they wanted. They were stripped of joy and hope and freedom. And so their darkness was situational. Their darkness was also personal. Your personal darkness and our experiences of darkness that the Lord has brought us out of. Maybe the result of our own sin. The result of our own choices of, 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 of letting things have, have power over our lives to the point that it rules us and it controls us. And it drives us into a place of, of darkness, stripping the relationships and joy and, and the things out of our lives. Or, or this, this darkness may be the result of sin in this world. And the result of sin in this world means brokenness that brings about mental health struggles. Anxiety, depression of things outside of your control. Where you experience these episodes of life and these thoughts and these compelling emotions and feelings that, 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 that are powerful and they seek to define you and tell you you're worthless. There's no, there's no reason to keep going. No one loves you. And it fills you with lies about you and your situation. And you've experienced the Lord meet you in that dark place with his love and his presence and break into that darkness and give you light and to tell you the truth about who you are and his love for you and, and, and how in the evidence and the facts of history and the cross, he shows that you're worth dying for. And it doesn't matter what your limitations are and your brokenness may be. I love you and my love is what defines you, not your emotional situation and nor your circumstances that you're in. And some of you have experienced that where you've been in just dire, helpless situations. And the Father hasn't rejected you, but He stand, pursued you and stepped towards you in darkness and lifted you up in light to give you hope. 
That there was, there were situations within where you felt like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And now you're on the other side. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Take a moment. And so situations, as you look back and remember those periods of darkness, those episodes of darkness and how the Lord has brought you through and brought you out time and time again, name them and give thanks to the Father. Take a moment. Father, thank you for your repeated faithfulness to come to us in our darkness, in our helplessness, in our hopelessness, Lord. Lord, in those circumstances that we may have even got ourselves into. And you love us. Your love is so good. You just don't give up on us. And thank you for pulling us out of the gutter. Thank you for pulling us, Lord Jesus, out of these situations, Lord God, that, that we were powerless to. Lord God, in these moments and episodes of depression and anxiety, Lord God, where your truth penetrated the darkness and broke through and the sun shone and you, you brought back hope with the truth of our value and our worth and your love for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your unrelenting love. Amen. Turn with me to verse 17 here. 17 through 22. Some were fools, and through their sinful ways, because of their iniquity, they suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love. For his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. And tell of his deeds and songs of joy. This particular stanza focuses on our sinfulness specifically. Some were fools in their sinful ways. Well, let's be honest. All of us are fools. All of us have gotten caught up in our own sin in, in, in many ways and in different ways and respects. And, and what, what this he's speaking of is, is how in our sin, we, 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 we persisted in it, we gave into it to the point that, that we were reaping the benefits of it and consequences that, that were tearing us apart and tearing our lives apart. The shame, the shame of our sin 
continue to perpetuate the, the isolation and the separation from God and, 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 and the goodness and joy in our life and it stripped us. But even in our sin, God does not stay away. In the youth group, uh, Lincho has been, uh, he's going through the, the parable of the prodigal son. And in that parable, we see the Lord's unending love, his, his, his reckless love, his unrelenting love to pursue us regardless of our sinfulness. He's the, he loves the, the loveless. And when that prodigal son who rejected the father and went off and squandered all the things and was in the pit, the, the, the pigsty, reaping the consequences of his choices, he came and he turned back to the father. And the father, what did he do? He ran to the son. He didn't wait for him to come and get all the way up and, 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 and prove himself and work it off. No, he ran to him. He clothed him. As much as the son wanted to try to clean it up and even the scales and make himself right, the father said, you're my son and we're going to celebrate. The father looks at you and I, and even in our sinfulness, no matter how bad and how far we drift, he loves us and pursues us and will never stop. The evidence of that is, again, the cross in which he took hell in our place. He came to us. And in that sense and in that way on the cross, we will never, if we trust in Christ, if we surrender to the Father and we, we return to Him through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice, we will never know the consequences of our choices because Jesus took it for us. And even in this life, when we look back and we consider in this life the times in which we've got caught up in our pride, in, in, in the lying or, the, or the, the gossip, the cheating, maybe even adultery, lust, financial mismanagement. And go on and on in so many ways. And we look back and we realize the consequences were never, were never as big or as bad as I deserve. And even when I did experience consequences, the Lord was good in those. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us and saving us from the ultimate consequence that we deserve is eternal separation from God and punishment in hell. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that, that, that my, my sin has not caused more damage than it has. That the consequences are not as great as they could have been. Take a moment to turn to the Father as, as He brings to mind those times and His grace to you and how He came towards you as He pursued you in your sin, in your pride, in your selfishness. And as He was gracious not to allow your consequences to be as bad as they possibly could be. Take a moment.
Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you that in our sin, that our life should be so much worse. But in your grace, you have withheld that full wrath and you have poured it out on your son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for removing our shame and the fear we have and in hiding that causes us to be in the, the, the bondage and the darkness of the power of the enemy, Lord God, that, that you give us freedom, Jesus, and your love that you came to us in our sin. That you love us despite our sin. And it continues, and you're so good that you will not forsake us, but you forgive us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Verses 23 here. It says, Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw deeds, the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. For He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heaven. They went down to the depths, and their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And he made the storm to be still. And the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. The situation here is speaking of of, uh, uh, life at sea and and specifically the images and and the situation of being on the seas. You're out of control. You're in the you're in the midst of of this space that has power and, and, and authority that you can't stop. Completely powerless. Circumstances outside of your control. And the uncertainty that comes with that. But the focus here is on in these moments and in the storms, the literal storms on the seas in this situation and how God provided and brought peace. He brought peace to those circumstances. He brought peace to their hearts. There are storms that you've gone through. Outside of your control. Sickness and illness that have come. Job loss and financial instability or circumstances. Loss of loved ones and family members. Events outside of your power and control. And you can't stop it. But the Lord has brought you through. And he hasn't just given peace in your circumstances. But you've even experienced peace in the storm of those circumstances. Take a moment. 
to give thanks to the Lord for the times where he has calmed your storms. Or the times in which he calmed you in the midst of the storms. Take a moment to bring that thanks to the Father. Father, as we consider those times and we go back to those places that were all so dark and, and just the, the turmoil and, that was inside of us because of what was going on outside of us, Lord God, it, and you brought us through. Oh, wow, God. It's, it's amazing to consider how how you provided, even in miraculous ways, even in completely unexpected ways. And Lord, for those moments, Lord God, where you brought us peace. And maybe, maybe we're in those storms and you have already brought peace. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For working your peace in our hearts. So we were not overcome and we were not reacting to, Lord, the storm in our life and, 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 and corrupted by it, bitter and broken. But God, you brought peace. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy, your strength to endure that we didn't have on our own. Thank you, Jesus. In your name. Amen. Finally here. Verse 33, he turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water and parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell and and they establish a city to to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By this blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression and evil and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. In these verses here, what he's speaking to is the reality. Because there's evil and sin in this world, there is injustice. Not all people are treated well or right. There are people in the world that are, that are, that are treated and t- wrongly and taken advantage of and abused and used. There's injustice. There's prejudice. There is racism. There's classism. Sexism, there's all these different ways in which we treat others differently because they're different from us even. And it's been happening ever since the beginning 
when sin came into the world. And what this speaks to is the reality of injustice in this world, that God has been working to overcome that. And he's calling out, see and remember, see how he has reversed the dynamics where he has pulled down the proud, those who have abused their power and used others and abused others, He's brought them down. He's exacted justice and shown that in this life. And, and, and look and see where he's lifted the low, lifted those who are victims of oppression. How he's provided. He's working even in the midst of our broken humanity. He's doing this. And he has been doing this. Yes, 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 there is injustice. There continues to be, just like there continues to be darkness and brokenness. And we don't see always how is he working to to resolve this. Ultimately, the problem of of, of injustice in this world and sin in this world will not be made right until Jesus returns. And there's rightful rule where all evil is removed and only he rules in heaven on earth. But he is still working in the midst of the injustice now. Verse 42, he says, the upright see his work of justice toward the injustice, and they are glad. We can see it, friends. He is working. We can look back, we see in our own nation, and going through the periods of slavery and the civil rights movement, and, and God has been working for justice. The ending of slavery in, in, in so many ways around the world. Places in which sex trafficking has been exposed and women are being liberated. Children even. He is working as heavy as this is. Take a moment. We need this kind of hope of looking back and being reminded of his work in our world. To be reminded that he is working. And he will bring about justice. Take a moment to thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you. As we see your hand. We see your hand, Lord God. While we see, yes, there's so much left to do, Lord God, and work to be done, we see that you have been working to bring about justice, to set that abused spouse free, to set women who have been sexualized and children free, Lord God. Those who have been the victims of prejudice and enslaved because of the color of their skin or their ethnicity, Lord God, you've brought equality and raised them up, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for that continued work. But we thank you. We've seen you working, God. You are good. In a world that is broken and evil. Thank you. In your name, amen.